two, one. to be joined by former Cork Herder, uh, Shawnee McGrath and former uh, Kilkenny Herder, PJ Ryan, uh, to look ahead to round one of the Alliance Hurling League um, this weekend. Um, coming to you first, uh, Shawnee, I think we're all like every GA supporter and just really can't wait now for this weekend to get one, once the action gets underway. Oh, absolutely, Paul. It's been a tough couple of, tough year, I suppose. Um, Certainly a tough couple of months um, after the very good championship, I suppose, in the tail end of the last year, in fairness to everyone involved, it was brilliant, culminating the great Ireland final. Um, but then again, I suppose, going into the unknown in, in the new year and not really knowing what was happening. I suppose that the kickoff has come as a bit of su- as, as a surprise, I suppose, return to action, I suppose, for club stuff next Monday. Certainly, myself being involved in the club side has, has been a bit of a surprise, I thought it would be later. So all that then and the, the league stuff on top of it has meant that the last couple of weeks now has been good news and hopefully it continues and hopefully we get a good competitive league campaign on both. We'll talk about it now in a minute, but 1A and 1B look very competitive. So um, all's well that, that, you know, hopefully these guys will have a good start next Sunday, Saturday actually, yeah. And PJ as well, I suppose the exciting thing here is for once the league is actually going to be played in decent enough conditions compared to say... February when you could have any kind of weather for the leagues. Yeah, look. Normally, in normal times, I suppose the league, it, it, you know, it can be played in any weather. I remember a couple of times we were to play tip inside in Torlis and just called off on a Sunday for snow and just called off on a Tuesday night for snow again. So, look, it can throw up anything. But look, it's like, you know, I see the weather out there this evening. It's like, we like summer hurling and hopefully the weather now will be kind to us and, and, and keep the way it is for the for the weekend, pitches are dry, you know, it's going to be completely uh, different conditions than what you're used to in the league and it should throw up some brilliant matches, you know, and I suppose teams that are, are you know, not as physical maybe as Limerick or a couple of teams that are down the road a bit, uh, a bit further than other teams would say, they'll like the ball and they'll be on top of the ground, you know, and we like summer hurling for all the world, so hopefully now the matches will be competitive and just looking at the fixtures, there's a, there's a few good competitive matches there and, Look, we're all looking forward to the fair. Johnny said club matches coming back, club training going to start now next week. Um, we're gone from a, a famine of hurling now to a, a feast coming up, and I suppose everybody's looking forward to it. And I suppose if you're talking to people like my my own father and other lads like that, like they can't wait for it to happen, you know. Exactly, and it, it should it should be interesting. But the first game um in Division One A and in Alliance Hurling League, um Westmead um, hosting Galway in Cusack Park um, at two o'clock. And Shawnee, as we were saying last week, um, looking forward to the league, this is what Westmead want to be doing, playing the best sides. But I suppose getting Galway in their first game, obviously Galway haven't done as much as they would do previously. So I suppose Westmead will be hoping to give Galway some sort of a challenge this weekend. I think so, Paul. Um, like, yeah, I suppose anytime you play Galway League or Championship, it'll be difficult. But if you're going to catch them, you know, I suppose the way they look, if they're going to catch any of the top sides, try and catch them early, maybe when they're that little bit rusty, I suppose. Um, last year before lockdown, Cork did play Antrim away. Um, no, it was a it was a bitterly cold day, and there was a few sendings off. It was a bit of a tense affair, I think. And Cork only won by by three or four points. Um, 
and Westmead, you know, put it up to him, put it up to him in a, in a really, really strong way. Um, there's a lad, Devilly, taking the freeze for them. He's a very good player. Um, and Angus Clarkson in the back is very good. So, like, they're, they're sprinkled with some quality players. Um, they look they're going to find it hard. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, PJ mentioned going back, um, the, the, the games against Tip in, in the snow. Like, I, I go back as well, say, playing in league games against, we played Division 2 in, in 97, and we played against Westmead, we had London, we had Kerry, you know, it was... Dublin Waterford, I remember that time. Um, and we played Westmead down in Parky Ring in a game that we thought we were going to win in a canter. And it was a difficult game. You know, maybe we didn't go into it in maybe the right frame of mind. And But it was, look, to be honest, maybe a lack of respect. I don't know what you'd call it. But you know, teams would have to approach every team now in a, the right fashion and, you know, not taken for granted. Obviously, Galway, you'd imagine, you know, with, with, with Shane O'Neill in the line and they're trying to make an impression and push on from last year. They'll try and be as competitive as they can in every game. And they'll treat Westmead the same as they treat a, a Limerick, a Tipper, a Waterford or Cork. Um, but you, you just get a sense maybe that I don't think West, Westmead will get the scalp but that they could be fine and competitive and that's what they'll hope for in the league that they'll be competitive um, Look, I, I, th- I really think they'll probably struggle to win any game being perfectly honest Paul but if they can keep it nice and tight um, and not get, he- get a heavy defeat in any of the games and get solid performances from lads like I suppose there are three players that I would have picked up would have been Derek McNichols Nicholas, who got two points last year as I said Alan Devine and Angus Clark I wasn't at the game. I didn't travel up, but talking to some of the Cork lads last year, they were very impressed with the lad Clark who plays in the back. And if they can add, you know, a couple of lads in and around that and build the team around the three or four of those lads, um, it'll make them competitive and it'll give them a chance. But look, I would see it being being a Galway being a Galway victory. Um, look, home advantage. Actually, maybe I said earlier, yeah, home advantage. Yes, home advantage for Westmead. And Cork struggled, you know, away last year. And obviously, the, the travel from Galway to Westmead isn't as you know, a longer journey as maybe Cork to, to, to Mullingar, but they're at home. They won't have the home support. If they did, maybe they could have added a few scores to them, but I think they'll be fine and competitive. I'd see Galway winning, but I think Westmead will be fine and competitive and, and give, a, give a good good account of themselves. And PJ, as well, what makes this game um, interesting is David Glennon's now eligible to play with Westmead um, this weekend, and then Alan Kearns is involved as well with Westmead in the background. Yeah, look, there's a I suppose there's a couple of nuances there. Um, look, David Glennon, I actually was up last year and I, I, I done a, a couple of sessions with the Westmead goalkeepers. And, you know, David Glennon was just knocking around the panel that time. Like, you know, he was just in and around the place. And, geez, he was still in good trim. And you'd be saying, you know, he'd be an addition to any team, really, you know. And you'd be kind of saying, geez, he, like, he looked fit enough that he could be still playing with Galway. And look at Alan Kearns again. He, I suppose... Look for Westmead this week. Alan will have the inside track on the Galway players. And Sean, he said, home advantage. Oh, it, it, you know, they mightn't get the scalp, but if they're good and competitive. And look, Westmead last year, things didn't go well for them, you know, and their championship was a bit late finishing. And the thing about Westmead, you know, that there's such a small pocket of hurling up there that, you know, the teams that were left in the final stages of the county championship were pro- probably supplying the county panel with their, with their players. So, I suppose they didn't get a chance to train collectively all that much. They had 12, 13s at training. And, you know, it was only as time went on and they got more and more into the championship that they started to get their full panel back together. And you saw towards the end of that, then they got a couple of really good results, you know, and had great performance. So so I would expect Westmead to be competitive uh, on Saturday. But, you know, you'd have to say that, you know, you'd imagine Galway would win that game. Um, you know, if, I suppose if Westmead could hold it to seven or eight pints maybe, you know, it will be a good day's work. And look, they should be competitive in every match. I can't see them taking the scalp on Saturday, but um or at the weekend, but uh look, they'll be very, very competitive. 
and have some really, really quality hurlers, you know, among their among their panels. So look, Westmead, I suppose it's where they want to be. I suppose they'll only improve by playing the top teams, and I suppose that's what they want. And if they're competitive in in, in that end of the league, I suppose they'll bode them well for their championship uh, later on in the summer. And the interesting thing, Shawnee, as well, with Galway, for instance, you, you're kind of thinking that there's a lot of Galway players that don't have, say, nailed down positions, like people are unsure where Joe Canning would play this year, Cahal Mannion, even in the backs, Fintan Burke and Shane Cooney as well. Like They're all great hurlers, but I suppose there's not many set positions in this Galway team. Yeah, and I suppose last year... Um... They, they they were mixed, you know. They had a very good performance against Tip, um, but it kind of took Aidan Hart from defence to come up and get a holy mirror of a shot, maybe to get him out of it. And Tip had him really on the ropes, and I thought we're going to pull away. But no, in fairness to Hart, he showed great courage and came up the field and got a fantastic goal. But yeah, and at different stages, like Joe Canning last year was still sensational, one of the best players we've seen. And his 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 line ball taking actually was probably as good as as it's ever been. His scores from play were probably a little bit down in other years um, and other players that you'd expect to maybe step up maybe just didn't step into the breach, I suppose. Like, obviously, young Brian Cancana was, was superb and got 1-4 in one of the games in the earlier rounds um, and scored consistently throughout the year. He's a fabulous player. But, you know, you'll be looking at who's going to step into the mantle and, and take over from him. Hard shoes to fill now, albeit. But, you know, I think you're right. Like, there's positions up for grabs. Um and I'd say they'll approach the league in that sort of manner. Like, I'm not sure if they'll go up to win it, but I would imagine that they'll try and approach it in a way that they need to experiment and try and lock in some positions, as you said yourself, um, and try and solidify guys. And then try and maintain form as well. Like Dahi Burke in the backs, what did he win? Three or four All-Stars in a row, like, is a powerful player. So you're trying to get a mix of, you know, getting fellas back in decent shape, getting up to speed as quickly as possible. Um, I, I do think that the last couple of weeks, while fellas will do their best, it's a bit false as well. It's Zoom stuff. You're probably reporting in results. You're doing some testing on your own and you're saying you're eating this and you're drinking that and you're sleeping these many hours, but there might be a little bit of spare tire stuff and then let's go back training and they might be a little bit surprised and see a player and say, Jenny, based on your results, I didn't think you'd be carrying that bit of poundage. Like you don't really know because the collective stuff, you know, has only really started for them. So, um, while it's great to be back and the summer is fantastic, you know, you've got your own challenges there with getting them back and getting the sessions and the body right. You know, some teams I heard have gone back quite aggressively and gone for kind of four sessions in a row and that. But like the last couple of months have been challenging just to maintain the sort of elasticity, whatever the word is in your muscles so that you don't pull stuff fast and early. So then trying to get that right and at the same time getting up to speed quickly, you know, there's a bit of a trick in that. And I'd say the SNC guys are working overtime now, you know, earning their spurs and making sure fellas are fit, are strong and healthy, but at the same time, aren't going to be um, picking up injuries. But like, yeah, just back to your point, I think they'll be doing a fair bit of, well, maybe not experimenting, but just trying to get fellas G'd up that places are up for grabs here. Um, if you perform, you know, I see fellas like Jason Flynn, who for me is a super hurler, but kind of it has kind of got into this kind of in and out sort of thing. He starts, doesn't start, comes on, gets the odd point. But a couple of years ago, I thought he was a fella that was really going to step up um, a great time for him and he's been fantastic for St. Thomas's as well but you know Conor Cooney lost a good bit of farm last year and he's a key, I think he's a key player for, for Galway now, I know he's pushing on in years as well but you know at one stage he was nearly you know running for the free taking position with, 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 with Canning and 
last year his, his scores from return his return from play was quite poor, you know. So they'll be hoping to get fellas like him back to form, push some of the new guys on, maintain Brian Concannon's um, form, and um, maybe push Joe back to a higher score in return from play, and then maintain the form of, of Dahi Burke in, in defence. So you know they've got their challenges ahead of them, and I think they'll be disappointed with the, the way they are petered out for them last year, um, after you know a good morale boosting victory against Tipperary. So um. You know, it'll be all guns blazing for them and they'll be doing, doing their own soul searching throughout the league. Yeah, good point um, there you mentioned, Tony, but Jason Flynn, Niall Burke, Conor Cooney, they've kind of been in and out of the team and then PJ, like Evan Nyland came on last year against uh, Limerick and done quite well and I suppose with Joe Canning's nephew, Jack Canning, the minor, former minor being brought into the panel as well this year, he could be a player who could stake a claim. Yeah, look, he, he was a very impressive minor a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he's a big, strong uh, fella. So I suppose, Sean, he said, you know, Galway need to find, a I suppose, a couple of players. And I suppose they will probably approach the, the league very competitively. But look, it gives them a chance to, to try and blood these players. And the only way you'll find out if a player is going to be up to the mark or not is to throw them in, you know, and give them the games and see how they go. And... I suppose if they can cut it at this time of the year, like it's not like before where the league might be played in a slog of conditions and you might have a lad that, you know, those conditions might suit. You know, these conditions this weekend now will be as near to summer conditions as you're going to get. So, I mean, if you, you know, you have to give the lads their head and let them on. And look, the likes of Joe Canning, maybe his scores from play last year might have been as, as, as much as, you know, previously. But definitely he set up he was a playmaker last year and he set up an awful lot of scores. You know, I think Galway depended on Joe an awful lot over the years, but I think he brought another element to him last year. And look, Cahill Mannion, all these guys, Jason Flynn, as we mentioned, Galway still have class forwards, no matter, you know, who they are or where they play. You know, you can bring him in off the bench. Evan Nyland, another young fellow that's coming on. So look, Galway always have really, really good forwards, really good hurlers all around the field. Our new goalkeeper, I think, is is very good. So look, I think the future is 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 and the year ahead for Galway is going to be very interesting. But I think they're going to be there with their shout. And I think if they use the league properly, can blow in a few a few good players, settle on a, a position for Joe, maybe. You know, maybe in around the goal might be might be the place for him. And I'd say in the corner, I think you need to be really fast to play in the corner, you know. I'm not saying Joe is slow, but I think he'd be more suited to, to, to full, you know. And you know, maybe get the likes of Cahill Mannion and those lads uh running in off him so he can he can he knows what to do with the ball and he gets it. And then if he gets the chance on his own, like there's only one place he's he's going to push it. So look, it's a big year for Galway. I thought we were very, very good last year. You know, they showed a lot of promise. Um still have loads of hurler, although some of them, you know, have been on the road quite a while. But I suppose when you're winning things, you never hear of a lad being on the road as long. But I suppose they've won their all Ireland, but I, I think Galway were, you know, they were good enough to win a couple of All-Irelands. They've got the one. Like, I think this year is a big year for them. And, you know, starting Saturday, I suppose they'll probably need to, to try and bet on these uh, younger players. And even if they don't make a starting 15 like that, when they come in off the bench, that, you know, they're going to make an impact when they come in. Um, yeah, that game's live uh, on Saturday the 8th of May uh, on TG Carr uh, at 2 o'clock. The next game up is... Um, Dublin versus Kilkenny and Pernell Perrick at half three on Air Sport. Um, come to you first, um, PJ. Um, 
Kilkenny, obviously, great to have um, Adrian Mullen back for them, but is there any more new players you can see that could break on to the Kilkenny team for Saturday? Well, look, to be fair to Brian and the lads on the, in Kilkenny, I suppose to have every, I suppose, person you could say were, were entitled or were so informed, to have every person in around the panel, whether it be coming in to train, make up to the 15 v 15 matches, or whether they're in on the panel full time. You know, so we have scoured the, the county as far as they can, I suppose, to have everyone that should be in there, I suppose, in there. So, look at it, as I said the other day, Adrian Mullen is a, a, a big plus uh, coming back this year, you know. Um, Adrian is a fantastic hurler. I actually seen him, I was in Nolan Park the other day, and I just happened to see him walking past, and he's in f- phenomenal shape, you know. So, uh, I'm expecting a, a big return from Adrian, whether he'll start this week or not, or whether he'll get a few minutes, I suppose, will remain to be seen. But I would, I would definitely expect to see him back at some stage uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, you have you go to that side of it, Adrian, a new lad back, you could say. And then I saw Richie Hogan uh, in around Nolan Park as well. So you're going to the other end of the thing. So look, at can you have a, a good blend of youth and experience there? Um, this year, Colin Fenley gone huge, huge uh, miss for Kilkenny because if Colin wasn't starting, he was certainly the first lad to come in off the bench. But, you know, Owen Cody last year lit up Crow Park with his performances. So, you know, Kilkenny, while I said the other day, we're, we're, we're kind of caught between two stools, whether we're a, kind of a long ball team or a, I, th- I think the day of that we have lads like, you know, to put up their own hand and win their own ball, you know, you're depending on the likes of Walter to do that for you, TJ and Colin Fenley. Like, Colin is gone now, you have Walter and TJ. So, look at there lads that I see can be, like, Owen Cody, again, Adrian Mullen. I'm expecting two big years out of those two lads this year. And look, if allied them with TJ and hopefully Walter coming back to a bit of farm, you know, to Kenny, you know, I, I, I can see he's in the shake-up for sure. And can you see TJ going at the edge of the square now with Colin Fenley gone? Uh, I don't like you take TJ last year I suppose he went into the edge of the square against Galway in Dublin and caught a couple of balls and stuck him in the net like but the hurling he was after doing out, out the way at centre forward and wing forward for the for the previous 50 minutes before that was was phenomenal you know so look at if you could get two TJs you'd be right but I suppose you kind of need him you need a lad like him everywhere if you could but uh, look at I suppose I would say he'll out the field a bit further still you know he's a, he's a playmaker out there and he's great to score out the field but again if you're under pressure and you need a, a goal who better to throw in there TJ like he's brilliant to catch a ball great first touch great control but you know I, I still feel he has a, a role to play outside uh, you know and you know we're all talking about TJ scoring but what he does for the team in terms of work rate that he's hooking and blocking and you know if there's a man in the best position, TJ will give him the ball, you know, and that's one thing for sure. So, look, at it. I, th- I think he'll play out the field, but, you know, there will be matches, I'd say, where they might target that, you know, he might start in the corner or something or start in full if they see an opening there, you know. So, look, at it, as I said, if you had two of them, it'd be great, but I suppose we kind of have to mind the one we have. But, uh, no, I'd say definitely he'll start on the centre forward or out in the wing, you know, and, and try and be a playmaker out there as well. And Shawnee, we were touching on Dublin the last day, how it's a big year for Matty Kenny, but I suppose they have been so close to Kilkenny in the last few years. You nearly feel that 
this weekend it's vitally important for Dublin to get a win over Kilkenny. Yeah, I suppose like their their year last year kind of petered out in the end. There was elements of it that were at different stages promising, but it, it did peter out. Um, and the last night we were kind of speaking about their, well, I was anyway a good bit about their forward line. It was only on reflection after I was looking back at some of the players I was mentioning Donald Burke, but they still have quality in Danny Sutcliffe and and fellas like Liam Rush and probably why they have you know given Kilkenny some trouble over the last bit maybe in different games has been you know physically they're they're strong like Sutcliffe is a big unit and he's a good boy to catch the ball um, and when on form he's good for three or four points um, and they've owner Don who's a you know he's a big man for a cornerback um, Alan Nolan is good in goal good fast restarts a bit like one Murphy with Kilkenny as well all the top teams have a top keeper and Nolan is a good keeper as well for, for Dublin so like they, they, they have a decent team and Kula have been dominant in the club scene. You know, obviously last year they slipped a bit, but for, for a couple of years they were very, very dominant. Um, you shudder to think what they'd be like if they could get Keanu Callan playing hurling. He was so, so good in the club championships with, with Kula. Um, but I, look, they'll be there, thereabouts for the year again. Come championship time, not sure if they'll be in the business end. Um, but I think they'll, they'll give the league, you know, a go and you know, try and be as competitive again like Westmead. We'll try and get a couple of wins. Like I could definitely see Dublin taking a, a, a couple of scalps during, during the year. I'm not sure if they'll take one against the Cats this weekend because Kilkenny, as PJ said, will, will be very much up for it. And look, he knows better than me. Like with the Brian Cody, it has will be to, to go in there and, and get a victory no matter what. And you know, they won't be shown any mercy to, to Dublin. But you know, Matty has great pedigree. Um, he's been a fantastic manager. He still is a fantastic manager. Um, but I mentioned the last day against Dublin, I'd say he was, or against Cork, I'd say he was very disappointed in. in Side and Turles the way the season petered out for them really you know it was kind of a it was a decent game for, for periods but they just seemed to to struggle coming down the stretch so this year he'll be hoping to get the farm back you know Danny Sutcliffe's farm back and you know Liam Rush in particular because on their day like they on their day they'd make most of the county teams across the country like but you know they didn't really shoot the lights out last year um, so I think he'll be looking to get their farm back and you know again Donald Burke who got Huge scores last year and ended up getting nominated for an All Star. You know, letting him flourish as well because you know this year will be after such a promising year last year. The following year can be the hardest year nearly for the fella. You know, so he'll be under you know the spotlight more, I suppose, than he was last year. But um, yeah, they'll go. They'll try and win it. Um, obviously, and get the two points on the board. Not sure if there'll be anything at play as regards you know exactly what you're saying as as regards the histrionics of playing Kilkenny in the past I mean it's vital we get over them I think they'll just see it as a vital game get off the get off the blocks quickly get the two points on the board and push on for the next game and they have a chance they definitely have a chance but I don't know like it's gasping we're talking about Kilkenny like last year and beating in, in the semi-final but like it was still a semi-final of an All-Ireland they won a brilliant Leicester Championship um, TJ lit it up Richie got the goal of the year it was just a sensational goal um, and it'll be 10 or 15 years time to still be replayed the way he flicked it and caught it on the double Arig Walsh is still a super hurler. Um, you know, Hugh Lawler, Paddy D is brilliant. Again, last the last night Mark mentioned seeing some of the club games and I saw a club game last year. Paddy was playing anyway. I can't remember exactly who they were playing, but he was an absolute revelation at centre back. Um, and he's a real dominant, strong player, typically Kilkenny, you know, real strong in the half back line. So they still have class acts all sprinkled across the field. They're certainly not going away. They're going to be as competitive as anyone else. I think they will beat Dublin, but yeah, I think Dublin will be will be targeting the league this year to get a few points on the board, maybe get two two wins, maybe, and you know get themselves into a bit of form coming into the championship. Then it'll be interesting Saturday to see, um, like 
I know from my time playing, going up to play in Parnell Park and with the crowd in there, you know, it was, it was a hard place to come out of, uh, to get a win, you know, it was a tight enough pitch and it was always a great atmosphere up there. But you see in the Premiership over across the water, you know, it doesn't matter if the team is playing home or away now, with no fans in, or no supporters in, as we'll call it, you know, the, the, the home pitch doesn't seem to be as much an advantage as it used to be. But certainly, I think Parnell Park was, you know, it was a big factor in Dublin in the league, you know, and I don't know what the record is up there over the last few years, but I'd imagine it is it is good, a very good record in terms of getting wins and or even draws with the top teams. So it'll be interesting Saturday because I know anytime we were through to play them up there in, in, in Parnell Park, like you'd be there, geez, this is going to be one hell of a battle up here. Where Saturday now, no supporters in, will it make a difference? You know, we'll just wait and see. But I certainly, without the supporters in there, I don't think uh, Parnell Park will be as a big a factor as what it used to be anyway, you know. Yeah, and, and actually that's gas TJ as well, or um, PJ, like, that's TJ, is it? PJ, like, um, last year's league, the games went off and then they went straight into into championship without crowds. Um and actually, that could be even the psychology thing of, of managers saying to players, you know, almost a self-motivation and get the thrill out of the score yourself. There will be no crowd, as you said, giving you that massive cheer and, and sort of oration that, that, that makes it feel 10 foot tall when you clear the ball 90 yards or you put the ball over the bar from 90 yards, uh, which is another kind of challenge. Yeah, it's, it's a valid point for the game itself and also beyond the game, say, like the players almost getting accustomed to all they hear is their own panel members and manager on the sideline cheering. Another disadvantage as well is just grand in a big in a big crowd game, PJ when I'd imagine Cody when we had Jimmy Barry was roaring in abuse at you and you kind of Murray, I couldn't hear it because of the crowd. <laughs> no, yeah, you, yeah. no, you no, you hear everything that they're roaring at you. Well, yes. I, I heard them enough times. <laughs> We're <laughs> without the crowd. <laughs> We're and without the crowd, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's just touching um on the end of this game um, as well the positioning for Dublin of Chris Crummy um, he was moved up to the forwards last year and Sean Moore moved into midfield it will be kind of interesting to see where they are positioned will Matty stick where they were positioned last year or move them back into the backs yeah in fairness to Crummy he's absolutely outstanding in the half back line you know but I thought last year you know he went up in the forwards and to be fair to me he, he gave it a good go and there was a couple of matches there he, he tapped over a few you know, a good few points, and I look, he's, sometimes his shooting was a bit uh, wayward, all right, but, jeez, I thought he went up and he gave it a good go, and, jeez, he's a very game fella, and he's, you know, he tore into the thing, and, you know, sometimes when you see a lad playing half-back line, and they're catching the ball, and they're soaring up and sticking it over the bar, but as you know, Shawnee, it's a different game, and you're not facing the ball, and it's coming, you know, you're, you know, it's coming, you have to deal with a lad behind you instead of a lad in front of you, you know, but I, I thought last year, after a couple of games, uh, Crummy was, was, you know, he was decent up there. He certainly brought a lot of work rate to the Dublin forwards and he was the one that was the, the talisman, for, say, for hitting shoulders and being physical up there. But, you know, is he better up there than, you know, back in the half-back line where he brings out a lot of ball and still chips in with maybe two to three pints a game? So it is a dilemma for Mashi Kenny, I suppose. But, you know... To be fair to him, he gave it a good goal last year. But if I was picking the team anyway, I'd put a natural forward in the forwards and I'd play Chris Crummy in the half back line. But that would be just me. I don't know what you think about that. 
Yeah, and it, it, it goes to show, I suppose, how adaptable these fellas are as well, PJ. Like, I know, don't, I know we'll talk about them later on, so like, but like, even when you look at Kyle Hayes, saying the Limerick thing, um, I just, first day there this year, he was, he was halfback. No, I didn't really realise until later on that he played a good bit of his underage hurling in the halfback line, but he ended up winning, I think, an all-star at, at halfback and had been a revelation the year before as a forward. So it's funny, like, and I wonder as well, the way the game is, changing like say like cornerbacks in the past <laughs> stay cornerback and you know as we were saying the other night you shook hands for the national anthem and you stayed in there with the corner forward for the rest of the game and you had your own little battle no cornerbacks are kind of like utility players coming up scoring <laughs> yeah it was, it, was, it was 10 years ago when halfbacks started scoring which was a big thing it's not surprising now to look at the scoreboards after the game and look at the panel or look at the team and you see cornerback 0-1 or 0-2 a point or two from, from play say so maybe it goes, it goes to show as well, you know, how capable and the sort of flexibility that players now playing the game, you know, have, say, because definitely the, whole, the old traditional, he's a defender, nothing else, that day seems, seems to be gone. And regularly you'll see fellas that are playing in certain positions with the county comfortably going into the complete opposite end with their, with their clubs. Say. I used the example the other night of Tim O'Manny, who plays most of us hurling in defence with Cork, but... Tim O'Manny played against Blackrock a couple of years ago up in Mornavi uh, in a championship game against Blackrock and he got, I don't know, something like 1-7 or something from play. He absolutely destroyed him on his own. So it goes to show, you know, as I keep saying, like how flexible they are. But I kind of agree with you as well. Like, I still think there's still a place for he's a back and he is just a back. <laughs> he yeah, is a forward yeah. and that's it. And if you think about it too much, you know, I know Limerick obviously got it right with Kyle Hayes, but I would be of the same thinking that Leave Crummy in his position and try and get a forward. But look, what were we to say? Maybe Matty Kenny will turn out to have the Midas touch come, come year end and Crummy will walk away for, with an all star hurler of the year from half forward. Who knows? Well, that's the thing, yeah. Uh, the final game then on Saturday, Limerick versus Tip um, at half five in the Gaelic grounds, which will be live on Air Sport and RGE. Um, Paddy O'Loughlin has left. Um, the Limerick panel and John Colley has added four new players. Um, Barry Murphy's returned and young Carl O'Neill's into the panel as well. Uh, they're just some of the players that are in the Limerick squad. But um, I suppose, as Rory was saying the last day on the podcast, BJ, um, Tip really have struggled against Limerick in the past. And with James Callanan out for the weekend now and out for the opening rounds of the league, um, it is going to be a major task. Yeah, look at, I suppose, what can we say about Limerick that hasn't already been said, you know, they are the best team in the country, um, their league and All-Ireland champions. Uh, I think we said the other night, like, when you're going to face Limerick these days, like, you know, everyone is treating that game like an All-Ireland, and I suppose Tip will treat it like an All-Ireland, I suppose, on, on Saturday. Um, they're missing, they're down a few players, but look at Someone else has lost, and someone you know, someone else's gain. You know, you get in there and you get your chance to, to, uh, you know, to take a claim for a for a jersey for the next day. Uh, Tip have had fantastic under twenty teams for the last couple of years. You know, they've had some good young hurlers coming through. Um, I think they will. I think and Liam Sheedy is one for doing it. I think Liam will try out these young players in the league. Um, I suppose will they be? Yeah, sure. Look, they will be going out to win on Saturday evening, but will it be a, a devastation if they don't win? I suppose if Tipperary get a good performance and, you know, put up a good score and, and, and hurl very well against Limerick on the weekend, 
I think quietly Neil Sheedy and his selectors will be will, will be happy with that. You know, they can get a couple of players in and they perform well. You know, it bodes well for him for the year going ahead. Uh, it's a game, I suppose, we're we're all looking forward to. Um, you would say, you think over the last couple of years, Limerick really have an edge on Tipperary, but as we've seen in the past, um, you know, Tipperary can come from anywhere. Like they have magicians, the hurlers, hurlers the McGraths, Bubbles, the Wire. Geez, when these lads are on farm, like there's no better hurlers to see in the country, you know. And look at the likes of Bubbles last year wasn't a feature at all. So, you know, if you can get these lads back up, Jason Ford, another good hurler, great man to take freeze, great man to take a score. And look with Shamie out. I suppose Tipperary have been reliant on Shamie a good bit, you know. And I suppose Shamie is on the team and an awful long time. Like he played again he played in 2008. He played against us in 2009. Like so that's 12 years ago. Jeez, if you say it fast it's not too long, but it's 12 years ago now. But you know he's on the panel a long time. They're still dependent, you know, or have been dependent on Shamie. So look, time now for the likes of Bubbles. We're always saying, no, Jesus, Bubbles, magician of a hurler. And unfortunately for Bubbles, you get one good year of him. The next year, he doesn't feature much at all. So it's time for the likes of Bubbles and Jason Ford and these lads, you know, to step up to the mark now. And they should be making things easier for Shamey now instead of Shamey making things easier for them, you know. But certainly if Tip get these lads backfiring on all cylinders, you know, geez, they're, they're definitely all earning contenders. And look, they may not... Be too devastated if they don't win Saturday evening, but I definitely I'd say they'll they'll be looking for a big performance from their from their charges, uh, you know, just for the the, the the weeks and months ahead. Yeah, a good point there about bubbles. Um, and the interesting thing is, Shawnee, will he feature um this year now? Um, because the goal game he was left out of the panel. He didn't even make the twenty six. Um, look as a as a. Corkman, I hope not. Um, <laughs> but as a neutral, as, as PJ said, who just loves seeing skillful players. God, I hope he is, Paul. Um, he is a skillful player and has beautiful wrists and beautiful hands. And I get totally what PJ is saying. Probably, you know, needs to get that sort of consistency that the likes of Shamey and Brendan Maher and these fellas have and, and Paddy Maher, you know, consistently getting a couple of seasons in a row where he performs. But on song and when he's playing to farm he's he's as good as what's out there um i haven't done anything to the country i don't know how he's fixed farm wise or well there's no gauge in farm but fitness wise um i presume i would presume liam sheedy will still try and get the, the best out of him um but but in addition to that try and push on with the 21s as well like p just said like fellas like uh, willie connors and and, and Mercio, mark you know i had to keep an eye on the ucc thing below as well you know was a brilliant for skipping cup hurler um and they won a title two years ago. He played an integral role in that. And he kind of typifies the modern-day hurdler, over six foot, big and strong and rangy, and has a good hand in him. So he'd be a fella maybe, and isn't too dissimilar in style to, to, to Shamey. So he might be a fella that they'd be looking at maybe to step into the bridge there. And again, you kind of get a shock when, when PJ throws out stats like that. I forgot how long Callum is around. Like, um, you know, they probably do need to start looking at who's the next to, to take over the mantle of, of free taker and consistent scorer from play like, like Shamie has been and goal score his goal scoring record is as good as any of the greats under Nick English or Lark Harbour if any of them like Callan's goal scoring has been phenomenal um, and then again I suppose um, you know John McGrath who's a sweet hurler and Noel McGrath John McGrath's farm look I suppose the, the, the first day against Limerick um, I was around Cork the same day like I'm only living down the road or up the road from the park so 
Um, I was out for a walk just a couple of hours before the game. Like the rain that day was absolutely torrential. We got lucky with weather last year in the championship, but that day we didn't. It was a horrendous game or horrendous uh, weather. No, obviously Limerick stepped up, but certainly wasn't the game I'd say that suited John McGrath. But he just looked like he, he struggled to get his form back. So again, like other teams we've mentioned, I think that'll be the challenge for Liam as well as key players that maybe you know didn't really step up to their high standards last year. Get them back on form, getting scores regularly because again on song. He's capable of getting one, two, one, three, one, four comfortably from play. Um, as you said, try and get bubbles back to form. And then, you know, for like Paddy Cadell, Willie Connors, Mark Hill, see, can he get them game time? Because no doubt about it, you know, to be kind of challenging, you need to be sort of reinventing the wheel a little bit. And last year, the Limerick game was disappointing for them. Um, they had a good win against Cork. Jack Morris got a great goal. But in a game again that they should, as I look, I've already mentioned it, but a game that they should have seen out against Galway. You know, they, they fail coming down the straight. So he'll be hoping that form for the older players will come back. And, you know, the, the aforementioned three, like Willie, Willie Connors, Barkio and, and, and Paddy Cadell, they came on as subs regularly last year, that they can maybe stake a claim and maybe get starting berths. And he'll probably use the league to, to blood fellas and see if they can stake that claim. And the good thing, I suppose, from a Limerick perspective, is what John Kiley has been able to do during the DPJ is get the balance right of playing maybe some starters he's going to have for the championship and then throw some lads in the deep end. But like there's lads on that Limerick bench like Dave Reedy, Pat Ryan and even Richie English and Mike Casey now who are coming back who are going to want to get their spot back and Peter Casey as well. Yeah, so look at this and it's a, a great luxury to have and look, they'd remind you of the Dublin football team really in a way. Like if someone gets injured or if someone doesn't start and there's a new player in, like they don't weaken the team down at all. And sometimes, you know, during the match, say if one of them weren't going well and they bring in the sub, you know, you actually know that these players are going to make an impact. You know, they're not just, you know, coming on for the sake of coming on or maybe the lad coming in may not be as good as, as the lad going off. And, you know, you know, the team can lose a bit of momentum when the sub comes in. But, you know, these Limerick fellas, you know, they're all chomping at the bit. And they all want to be playing. And look, they're in the habit of winning now. And, you know, I sat on the bench for a long time and look, it's brilliant while, when the team win and while you're a part of the panel. But geez, when you're on that starting 15 and you win, like it's a completely uh, different ball game. So all those Limerick lads, they have the feeling of winning now. They want to keep that going. They all want to be on the starting 15. So I'd say the competition for places and, you know, the competition within training and the training matches they'll have, like I'd say, it would be as good as being at a, at a normal championship match, you know, and be lads chomping at the bitch. Some lads haven't played for a couple of years. Other lads got on for part-time last year, maybe the year before, and are getting back to form and looking to get in on the team, you know. So, like, it's an embarrassment of riches that John Kiley has at the moment. And look, they're well coached. They have a great game plan. They're well able to play their game plan. I suppose last year in the, when the league and the championship was in the, in, in the winter months, a couple of times, I suppose, their, their game plan broke down a bit due to conditions and stuff. But this year now, they're going to be playing all their hurling in summer-like conditions. Now, I know there were showers falling that there today. You, you, you wouldn't think it's a summer, but, um, you know, definitely everything, as Mark said the other night, everything is pointing towards a, another great year for Limerick. Look, at, if I was talking out for Tipperary Saturday evening, I'd be rubbing my hands and I wouldn't be, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't wait to get at him, you know. So, every team will be treating Limerick like that. So, I think... With the seven subs and everything that you're allowed in the league this year, all those fellas will get game time. And I suppose, look, John Kiley, 
will have a headache on what team to pick, but what a headache to have for him. Like, and I suppose every manager in the country would would like to have the same problems, you know. But you know, that's the way it is at the at the minute. You know, Limerick are the are the team to have the squad that's hungry for playing. I know that you lose a lot more than you'll win. So I suppose the way the Limerick lads are looking at it, like to have the team now, so you know to try and win all they can when they can because look, someday it'll come to an end and you won't be winning. So, you know, these lads will be really out to try and, and, and win as much and do as much as they can while, while they have the team and the panel to do it. Absolutely. And, uh, Sonny, as we're mentioning, um, it's it's a huge game for Tip and we probably will see young players um, thrown in into deep end here, but can you see Tip causing an upset this weekend? Um. I'm not so sure. Yeah, like they can. Um, I suppose they're all Ireland champions. So anytime the champions are beaten, you you call it an upset. But I, I'm not sure Tip would be terribly enamoured to hear them beating Limerick to be classified as an upset. Um, you know they're very pro county, and um, I think Paul, if they beat them, they'll just dust themselves down and go on to the next game. Um, like they they they're, they're the quality side. Um, as you said, they've had senior and under twenty success of late. Um, they slipped a bit last year, but it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. No, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, for a number of reasons. I mean, one because they're a quality side, and two, like you're dusting down cobwebs at the moment. There's, there's no measure. There's no metric. There's nothing to base. There's no baseline. You know, it's the first game out. Yes, weather is way different to maybe your first game in in, in February, but it is still the first game out in whatever practice games all the counties may be doing inside in, in training. Nothing will match the intensity of a, a National League game. So it wouldn't surprise me in a bit. Um, I think that's, that, that, you know, Limerick on the line have fantastic coaches and mentors and, you know, the whole package. But I wouldn't say they're shy inside and to be with Shady and Tommy Dunn and, and, and Owen Kelly, Kelly and Eamon O'Shea. Like when they won the Ireland a couple of years ago, everyone was reveling about how great Eamon O'Shea was and he stepped away from being manager to this unbelievable tactician. He gets players thinking about the game. Then they have a poor year and everyone forgets about him. But they're all still there. So they'll have done their homework, I would say, in the last couple of months. They'll have looked at their gaps and their mistakes and their flaws and their, you know, whatever deficiencies in, in last year's play. And they'll be going out this year to rectify all that. So wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I'd still tip um, Limerick to win, but wouldn't surprise me to see Tip win by a couple of points either. Then uh, on Sunday, um, Antrim uh, play Clare in Corrigan Park at one o'clock, um, which will be live on the TG Carr YouTube channel. But just even thinking about the game today, like Antrim playing Clare in Corrigan Park, PJ, like it's it's going to be no easy game for Clare to go up to Antrim, um, and especially with the way, I suppose, can they travel in a bus now or do they have to go up individually and cares with COVID and everything? I suppose that's what makes this game so interesting. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a long long journey up for the Clare boys. Um, I don't think they can travel in bus together, so I think they have to travel individually in cars. So, look, it's all about, you know, getting the timings and logistics right and, you know, how do you prepare going up in a car? Like, it's hard enough to prepare going to a club match and you might be only have to travel 20 miles, but you have to go up the road a couple of hundred miles, get your head right for the game, you know, drinking water, eating whatever you have to eat, going up along. You know, it's not easy. Um, again, look, Claire have a few new, a few guys back this year. Um, 
2017, 18, you know, Clare were savage hard luck. They could have been there or thereabouts to win the All-Ireland, you know. Have quality hurlers. I seen him inside Nolan Park last year against Kilkenny in the league and, and beat Kilkenny fairly comprehensively that day, you know. Um, Shane O'Donnell, what a class forward he is. You know, no matter what way the ball came into it that day, he, he, he was outstanding, you know. So, Clare, loads of talent, loads of hurling. You know, it's a big year, I think, for Clare. This weekend, you know, going up to Antrim. You know, Antrim will be looking forward to it. I suppose they'll have a couple of games earmarked that, you know, they might be able to cause an upset in it. I think Sunday up in Antrim, maybe one they might earmark to say, look, we have a good cut off of this. It could be the one that we could win. Um, to be honest, you'd have to say, you t- I, I would say anyway, I'd have a feeling that Clare will win the game. But I don't think they're going to win it by a whole lot. I think it's, you know, a great leveller having to drive up on your own and all the things we've mentioned. So, look, it'll be an interesting game. I think I think Clare will win it. But look, as we said the other night in the podcast, I think there's a lot of things going on off the field in Clare that's, you know, might be having a negative effect on the mindset of the Clare players. So, look, if they can get over all that, Clare is still a serious team. As I said, David Reedy, all these guys, lovely hurlers. Colin Galvin back, he's one of the best hurlers in the country. Uh, depends on what way they use him, I suppose. Uh, has been outstanding midfields. Always comes up to two or three points a game. I suppose they've used him as a kind of an extra defender in the last couple of years. And look, he's well able to play that role. Whether Brian Lowen is interested in extra defenders back there, I don't know. Um, you know, certainly Brian wouldn't need anyone extra around him if he was when he was hurling. You know, it's just kind of they're trying to avoid him at all if you could. But uh, look, Claire, serious hurlers. Um, I would expect them to 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 do, to do the business up there on Sunday. But again, it may not be as cut and dried as as what we might think. And the big thing for Claire um, this season, Johnny, is really going to be. If Tony Kelly does have a quiet game, who's going to step up? Because like even last year against Limerick, seventeen points or something, and if it, like the Waterford game, he did get injured in the quarterfinal, but every other game apart from that, he was just sensational. And it probably is going to happen this year where teams are going to double up on Tony Kelly, and that's where other players for Clare are going to need to step up. Yeah, and like PJ mentioned, um, Shane O'Donnell. Um, He'll be our nemesis forever in a day, but his hat trick in, in, in 2013 in the replay. Uh, his ferocious ability. Um, he has um, that ability, I suppose, sometimes not to even score in games and still come off with pundits saying he had a very, very good game. Um, for a, a lad that's not terribly tall, he's got fantastic aerial ability. Um, they've got Aaron Shanahar, who got a couple of goals last year against Waterford. And again, terribly strong in the air. And if you're going route one, um, he's a great target man. John Conlon has to be seen as a plus coming back. I suppose they're desperate and lucky with like Peter Duggan. I haven't heard anything mentioned of, of Peter Duggan being back in the frame, but like if you had a forward line with, with O'Donnell and Shanahan good in the air, Kelly, who's just Kelly, and then you know John Conlon and, and, and Peter Duggan, that's five out of six. Um, you do well in the, in the country to see, to get as good a five attacker. So they're desperate and lucky the way things have fallen at the moment, maybe with, with, with Duggan not, not being around. Um, and you could argue if Kelly didn't pick up that injury early on, on the ankle against Waterford, it could have been it could have been a much closer game. He still actually played on and got a couple of scores, so he's a phenomenal talent. Like the year will be an, an interesting one, and PJ touched on it there with, with the controversy that's gone on, but you know different things, the centre of excellence and the county board and that. 
And while it can be um, a distraction and it can be a negative distraction, if you channel it right and you create a kind of a siege mentality and, and kind of build this mentality of, you know, forget about the noise, let's, let's just build this thing and, and let's, you know, let, 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 let the whole country talk about us, we're clear. In that environment, you go way back to 98 when the whole controversy was there with, with Waterford and the replay and the Colin Lynch and the, the, the bash ball with Tony Brown. You know, I can't remember a radio station at the time when the whole country was on about the whole thing and Lachlan ended up getting suspended for the, the Offaly game then and it all added to a bit of glamour and the whole lot. Now, I'm not saying it's exactly parallel to that time, but they do have that ability to start to create almost a siege mentality and build a massive determination and like no better man, as PJ said, than, than Brian Lowe to do that. I mean, as a hurler, he was colossal. He was just an incredible player, one of the greats. So um, I would see that there could be a little bit of, uh, there could be a team waiting in the grass. Like of all the teams this weekend that needed the home crowd, like we played, PJ mentioned going to Dublin to, to play in Parnell Park. We seemed to always get Antrim away and we played them in Caseman Park. But a couple of times, a couple of times we had to go to Belly Castle and, that was a tough place to go. Like I went there as a selector in 14 with, with, 14 with Jimmy and oh my God, I said it was three Corkfellas there against five or 6,000 Antrim supporters and like that was definitely a 16th, you know, to kind that phrase, a 16th man. Um, they definitely, you know, we barely got out of it. We got a late goal. It was a fluke. It was a, a long ball that went in and the goal had a misfortune of making a mistake and we got out of jail. But of all the teams this weekend that could have done with a home crowd, um, you know, or a, a local crowd, anybody say, it would have been Antrim. Um, and look, they have good players. They won a great competition last year against uh, Joe McDonough, against Kerry, and you know, Liam McManus, who came on as a sub, should be available to start. They have a good free taker in the lad Clark, who's a lovely, stylish player, Kieran Clark. And um, Matty Donnelly, his father was a brilliant player in the 89 Antrim team. Just Matty's a huge unit at the edge of the square in the fullback positions at number three for, for Antrim. So they're sprinkled with plenty of talent. Um, but I just think Clare this year, I don't know, there's just something. Uh, if they get Conlon back to form, he's an all-star type forward. He's a real leader for them. Um, and if they just continue to develop and they get more of the likes of Aaron Shanahan and maybe more scoring out of Shane O'Donnell, look, this game aside, I think they'll win it. It'll be close. But I could see them as, just, just as I said earlier, kind of waiting in the high grass and they could catch a team that maybe they come championship who they're playing. They're playing Waterford in the first round. You know, they could, they, they, they could be a surprise at yet. Yeah, PJ and Shawnee mentions there as well, like the Neil McManus wasn't starting last year. And I suppose another player who gained a lot of attention for what he went through off the field as well, big Donal Nugent as well. He looks a very good player for Antrim. Like so they're two players you, you would expect to stay for Antrim um this weekend now and strengthen them. Uh, look, Antrim always had good horrors, you know. They mightn't have enough of them at any particular time, but look, the likes of Neil McManus. Geez, he, as Shawnee alluded to earlier, like he get into most teams around the country, you know. And look, they heard brilliantly last year and a bit of probably a fancy carry team. Uh, you know, so you know they have good club teams up there too from time to time. So there's plenty of talent up there in Antrim. I suppose it's just to get them going with the county team to 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 kind of push it on another little bit. But certainly Saturday it's going to be um one hell of a game, I think. As I said, I think Clare will, will win it, but I don't think they'll win it by as, as, as you know, as, as they get over it by the odd point, that'll be it. But certainly the likes of Neil McManus will, 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 oh, he'll definitely start, you know. And look, Antrim, 
you know, the GA needs the kind of the antrums and all these stories coming through the whole time, you know, and I suppose where it's start better if they could get the scalp on Saturday, like, you know, to be, uh, and, and get a couple of pints on the board, you know, to build a lot of momentum for them and who knows what will happen then in the rest of the matches. But, uh, you know, as I said, I think Claire will, will speak it next week. Uh, but look, it would be no surprise if they didn't either. You know, it is an awful journey up there on your own in the car and get the head right going up and stuff like that, you know. Like, when you're on a bus, you have a bit of crack with the lads and the thing is a bit looser and stuff like that. So, you know, all these things will play into it a bit on, on the weekend, but I still think Claire will have enough just to, to edge it by a narrow margin. Yeah, and I think there, PJ, what you were saying as well about that the, the, the G in general needs a good Antrim. Like, it does. Like, it needs... Your Westmead, your Carrows, your Antrims, the news there with Caseland Park getting getting redeveloped. Um, I mean, the, the, the plans that I say anyway look sensational. So to have hurling thriving to a degree in, in Northern Ireland with an unbelievable focal point being Caseland Park, like if their county team then is, is going well, you know, with a brilliant ground and a great facility, like even just to drive young fellas on and have that Division 1 status and have the top teams to be coming to your ground, um, Absolutely, and the J absolutely needs. I mean, no better than going way back to eighty nine. The whole tipping and Antrim thing in that all around final, you know, tip one fairly well in the end. But like, I mean, what that did, I can only imagine for Northern Ireland at the time, and Antrim in particular just was absolutely sensational. And and the win, I mean, to see the losing team, which was awfully at the time, actually clapping Antrim off, you know, it just goes to show the sort of respect and and you know the, the kind of time that all these counties had so i agree with you i think it would be great for the j it is great for the j to see antrim doing well and a, a good competitive outing now in in division 1a would be would be nothing but good news for for the county and um, the next game up is uh, wexford and leash in chadwick's wexford park at 145 uh, on sunday um and pj as we touched on last week um what makes this game um all the more interesting is these sides will meet um in the first round of the leinster championship but um Jerry Plunkett uh, has been a fantastic manager, but he's really up against it now with injuries um, this weekend. Um, Mark Cavanagh looks like he's out for the year as well with Rowan Broderick, um, who will be out as well. Aina Lyons hasn't been back training, and Willie Dunphy and Picky Mayer are injury doubts as well this weekend. Yeah, look, those lads that you have mentioned, like they are on the starting 15, you know, so... For Leash, I suppose, again, sprinkled with lovely, lovely hurlers and they've shown it over the last couple of seasons like they are a really, really good team and can shove it up to anybody. But, you know, the likes of Leash, they're the opposite scale to Limerick, I suppose. Like if Limerick were missing three or four, they can just bring in three or four and, you know, they won't be weakened down anywhere. Whereas the likes of the Leashes and that, you know, you have maybe 15 different starters, maybe 18 that could start. And then I suppose you're going down the levels then. Uh, in saying that Chad O'Hare is back training you know Chad is as good a hurler as in the country would be on any uh, senior hurling team so I think Chad he wasn't involved at all last year so you know I think Chad will, will probably get a start the weekend I suppose with Niall Corcoran down in Wexford it brings a, another dynamic uh, you know Niall was involved with, Leash, with Eddie Brennan over the last couple of years um, you know he's, he's a coach down now at the Wexford senior hurler so that brings another dimension to the, to the thing but uh, going back to Leash, uh, they're sprinkled with, with, with really great hurlers. I mean, Ender Olin in goal, 
is as good as goalkeeper that you've ever seen. Uh, Mark Hamner, who you just mentioned there, he's a, you know takes the freeze from, comes up with three or four points from play all the time. Paddy Purcell, Ross Dunphy, you know, you, you know, you could go on and on about the hurlers in leash. Some really, really good hurlers. Cheddar, I suppose, you know, Cheddar really brought him on a couple of years ago before Eddie, and I suppose Eddie took him on another little bit. So Cheddar is back now. Uh, he was involved with James Stevens the last couple of years in, in, in Kilkenny. And I suppose last year everybody saw the, the match it was on TG4 and the village against the Shamrocks, you know. And to be fair, and I, th- I suppose the Shamrocks lads would even say they probably got out of jail a bit on that one. And you could see Cheddar at the end of that game, he was absolutely deflated, you know. So uh, Cheddar going back in over Leash, Leash man over his own county, a hugely, hugely proud Leash man, you know. So he will have no stone unturned. Uh, you know, going into league and championship this year. And I think for Leash, you know, might be a step maybe too far from this weekend with the lads that you mentioned being out. Uh, I think when we get around to the to the Leash Antrim match, that's going to be the huge one for both teams in, in that league. But I'd certainly expect Wexford to come up Trumps in Wexford Park this weekend. And look, Wexford Park is a bit of a fortress down there for Wexford. Um, you know, again, I suppose if we're going to go to Wexford, they need to... F- you know, maybe find a couple of new players, especially up front. I mean, have some great hurlers, Lee Chin, Lee O'Keefe, Lee Moog, you know, uh, Rory O'Connor. But the likes of Jack O'Connor, I suppose, Rory's older brother. The likes of Jack, I suppose, he's one of those players. He's in the team for a game. He's out of the team for the game. They need a lot more from the likes of Jack. I suppose last couple of years, they had Peter Casey, who was a fantastic player, minor and under 20. You know, I was wondering... I asked JJ Dial there lately, where's Peter Casey gone? You know, I haven't seen him at all. So I think Wexford need to get in the likes of the Peter Casey's of this world, try and get Rory O'Connor on the ball a bit more. If they go get Jack O'Connor starting every game, he'd be like a new player coming in, you know, and he's a big physical specimen of a man, you know, hits hard, plays hard, you know, just he just needs to get the consistency into his game. Uh, I think this week, I think Wexford will get the win in Wexford Park. These are probably down too many lads to maybe... To, to, to kind of take the scalp but uh, if they get most of these lads back for the championship which we think that's the way the championship is going to go I think Wexford and Leash could be a, a, a cracking game but I think this Sunday I think Wexford will just have enough uh, for for Leash to be honest Yeah Shawnee and as uh, PJ mentioned there it's it's vital now really for Wexford to unearth some new talent because the majority of this team is still that Wexford uh, Leinster Championship winning team from 2019. Yeah, and the other night as well, we were kind of talking about them and their scoring return last year was kind of mediocre, really. 17 points in the two championship games and Rory was kind of saying that they they seem to have a style, but maybe they're not getting the maximum out of it or maybe they're expecting too much from certain players maybe in the half-back line to be getting long-distance points, even though they have been contributing. Um, Paddy Foley and a few of them have been doing fairly well in that regard. Um, but, like, yeah, whether it is... Like, they have class acts. Like, it, it must be frustrating if you're a, a county supporter to see a fellow like Rory O'Connor and, as PJ mentioned, um, Jack O'Connor, who on their day on form can light up any stage. But, you know, to see them kind of periphery in some games... Um, like that must be very very frustrating no every player has to stand up and be accounted and maybe they just don't perform in certain games but sometimes you wonder is it the style of play isn't exactly playing to their strengths and you know is that build up game which is very much 
physician-led, say, and creating overlaps and, like, I suppose, really going into tackles as opposed to avoiding tackles and then trying to create the overlap. Does that really play to the strengths of some of their class acts? Look, I suppose, at Atlantis, you would say no when you look at their scoring return last year. Having said that, then the year before, they had tip on the ropes and they probably should have won that semi-final and a couple of late scores got tip over the line. So they're probably not a million miles away. And look, Davey revels in that high-pressure cooker situation, but you have to say he probably is under a bit of pressure this year to either unearth some other fellas, as Paige mentioned, the Casey lad, and try and get them playing and playing at a consistent level, try and get Jack, Jack O'Connor at a consistent level. Look, maybe easier said than done, but that's the challenge as a manager that you have to take head on and, and try and do. But it'll be doing a bit of pressure this year because I'd say, you know, it was disappointing last year. They didn't play well in their two championship games. Um, and while Leash are down some key players, I mean, Kavanagh last year was scoring from play, freeze, and he was even throwing in a few line balls, you know, to the mix as well, just to show what a class act he, he, he is. Like, he's going to be huge last come, um, come the league campaign. And hopefully he's back for championship. I, I don't know. Is there a long term? I think he's out for the year. Sir. Out for the year. Okay. Like knee, be, is it his knee? Yeah, knee, yeah. Okay, like he's going to be, he's going to be a huge loss. Um, and like PJ said, like if if Limerick lost Seamus Flanagan, you know, Pat Ryan would come in, and if they lost Graham Mulcahy, the, the new lad O'Neill, Kieran O'Neill is at the big minor, might be an option to come in. Like they don't have that luxury of talent. No, a lot of counties would be in the same boat. A lot of counties are working off panels of, you know, you're starting 15 and maybe three or four good subs, and um, they're no different to a lot of them there, but. Look, they are probably really dependent on fellas like your 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 Mark Cavanagh to be available and to be scoring and to be scoring regularly. And with him missing, you couldn't see them probably getting over on Sunday. But for Sunday and beyond, I would say there's a bit of pressure on Davy now to 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 kind of definitely score a stronger average than just 17 points, to get more form into some of his players and to exploit and develop and get the most out of fellas like your Rory O'Neills and um, your Lee Chins inside who and look McDonald as well, Conor McDonald who are devastating on farm like he has to get them playing to their optimum and their their peak because you know to see them coming off a, a point or two in a championship game just isn't good enough now um the final game then uh, is in division 1a um between cork and waterford in parky Cueve at 345 um we'll come to you first um shawnee just in relation to cork there's so many unknowns i suppose going into the game um Conor Linan and Aidan Walsh and these players um being I suppose dropped off the panel. Um and Robert Downey was at full back last year in the league and then he went to wing back. Owen Cadigan didn't play as well. Um will Bill Cooper go back into the half back line? There's just I suppose a lot of unknowns for Cork this weekend. Yeah, this weekend and again, maybe for the season. Um and like there's, there's a couple of, just on the papers this week, there's a couple of shocking statistics coming out that, um, look, I mentioned it the other night, but when you read them and you see them on print, um, you know, like 20, 23 years since we won a, a National League title, like, you know, I mean, that's incredible. Like, you know, we, we would have seen maybe at the time five or six years as a bit of a famine, say when I was growing up and playing, but to be going that long without a, a National title is just, it's, an, it's incredible stuff, really. Um, yeah, and of late, say, with the, with the team, and the makeup of it, you know, like most successful teams, you could nearly pick, you could nearly pick 14 of the starters and you could nearly pick 12 or 13 then of their positions. But Cork are kind of a little bit all over the shop. You know, Mark Homer would probably be half back. Dara Fitz would probably be midfield. 
Bill, as you said, could be midfield or could be centre-back. Rob Downey does play most of his hurling with, with my club, Didlen, at full-back and has the makings of a really, really good full-back. Um, but again, then got moved around a, a little bit last year. I mentioned the other night, Colin Spillane has had a go-off full-back, but it's kind of like had a go-off. You know, we, we just need to, need to start getting fellas into settled positions. And, and look, there'll be pressure on Kieran, number one, because it's just pressure anyway. You know, it is, you know, look, it's still a big county, like, and there's a big expectation down here. But when you leave a, a shot of fellas off as well, you know, the, 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 the immediate response to that is, what are, we, what are we replacing them with? And is replacing, are we replace, replacing them with, with better? Um, and that'll only come to fruition when you give fellas a chance. Um, there's been a couple of very good under-20 players that won that Munster campaign last year, just before Christmas. Shane Barrett from Blarney is an excellent player and well due a, an opportunity. Um, Dickie Dalton got some time last year, but, you know, it was a bit, you know, tight time frame, fragmented a bit. So it'll be interesting to see if, if he'll get a more of a stint this year and he'll get an opportunity as well maybe when the ground is faster and the ball is travelling faster and I don't know if that'll exactly suit him because some people would say you know that he's, his feet maybe need a bit more work and the heavy ground last year probably suited him later in the championship so it'll be interesting to see how he adapts again has fantastic hands and can score heavy when he's, when he's in form um, but like a couple of things number one we need to start getting a settled team and number two, we need to start winning something. And I would, look, who am I to say? Kieran has enough knowledge and experience himself. But, you know, if I was a volunteer, I would be saying, just let's, we have to start winning a title. Obviously, the ultimate is to win in All-Ireland. But I wouldn't be, you know, really having the National League as, as done my list of priorities. I think that it definitely stood us good in, in, in 98 and it gave us um, a winning mentality and got us over, the, I would say, got us over the line the following year. It gave us that winning feeling coming down the straight that this is how you win games. And in that league final, it was close. I remember Alan Brown, who was a great goal getter, got a crucial goal and it swung the tide for us. The Cork need to start winning those kind of games. I mentioned the other night against Tip when they had Tip very much on the ropes. Like They weren't cute enough. They didn't score enough. They didn't, when I say cute, Jake Morris cut, cut through us very easily. We need to start being more clinical. And when we get on top of teams as well, like PJS Kilkenny of old, like going from two points to almost six points ahead, you know, in the sprinkling of a night, like just, you know, getting a quick goal and fast points. We seem to be satisfied to be two or, pint, two or three points up and coasting along. And, you know, the other teams then seem to easily claw us back. We need to be really clinical, putting teams away, um, getting settled and winning a title. All that, no, <laughs> it's, it's an awful lot. Sounds, you know, sounds easy. It's not far from easy. Very, very hard. But um, I would hope this year, now that Kieran, you know, and kind of gets a break as well, you know, that gets a break that some of the players he's anxious to try because he's very determined. He's a brilliant guy and he's putting an awful lot of effort into it. No, no different than any other manager, but I know even with one-on-ones, he's working fierce, fierce hard and has tried to develop the backroom team and has brought in Christy O'Connor from, from Clare and a couple of years ago brought in Dougie Howlett. I suppose John Moyler brought him in, but Kieran Muckler as well. Like, like, has done everything to try and, you know, stem the tide and turn the corner. So I do hope he gets, gets a break and he gets fellas fit. Like Alan Cadigan is a very, very good player. You could argue on his day is a great player, but you know, needs to get a couple of seasons under his belt to be classed as a great player. But I would have Alan as a very, very good, consistent forward that regularly gets his three or four points for Cork. But then just as he's hitting real peak form, picks up a hamstring injury or goes down with a back injury or something like, I hope he gets a break this year that all his top players stay in form um, and, you know, perform to their, to their maximum. I feel like that I do feel a bit sorry for, and again, look, he's divided a bit down here, but I always had a great time for, for Connor Lehan and 
look on his day, like God almighty, like on his day, he's he's absolutely electric. Okay, and I get that at times he can be frustrating, but you know, I'd hope that even with Middleton, that I, I hope the door isn't shut on the likes of Connor that you know, a couple of good performances maybe. You know, well, obviously he won't have a chance because it's a split season. Um, actually, I'm not making any sense now because he won't have that opportunity. I was hoping that he'd have some league games, but I don't know, maybe if <laughs> Ben is involved with Middleton, if, if there's a rumbling comes back that he's training well. I just hope the door isn't shut on a 28-year-old that, you know, has been a great player for Cork and has got us out of, you know, some real tight jams. And I go back to not only his all Ireland performance and what's the final performance in 14, but... God, he gave one of the best performances I ever saw in, in 2015 in a qualifier game. Now, I don't think it was televised, so not everyone saw it. But it was a big crowd and he got 1-6 from play. You know, no, I know it's six years ago, but he still is a quality player, so I feel a bit sorry for him. But look, he's not there and they just have to, to get on with it. I hope Kieran gets a break, gets fellas fit, consistently, consistently fit, and that the key players show a form and that Patrick can show the form that he always shows and that some of the new players that he gives a go to. I think he'll give Shane Barrett a go that they hit the ground fast and that they score quickly. Um, and if that, if that all happens and happens on the one day, you know, Cork have a chance of being competitive. I'm not sure for the championship how, come, how, how you know, business end of the table they'll be, but definitely for the league. I hope they go competitive for the league and actually hope that they win the league. And as well for Waterford, um, as we mentioned, PJ, a blow to lose Tiger Burkett, but you'd expect probably young Ian Daly to step in there and I suppose the timely boost now of poor Manny, um, who looks like he'll be fit this weekend, um, as far as I know. Yeah, look, in fairness, Ty Burke is a is a huge loss. You know, a fantastic centre back. You've seen him last year coming up the field against Kilkenny and scoring a wonder height there from centre back, you know. But uh, you know, in a daily came in a few times last year and impressed when he came in, Connor Prunty at full back, you know. Sean, you mentioned Cork struggling for a full-back. Like Conor Prunty went in for Watford, has done a tremendous job. Um, if it was me personally, uh, and I was involved with the Watford team, I'd be urging him to put Austin Gleeson. Now, this might be a controversial one. Put Austin Gleeson centre-back. Remember him playing minor under 21 there. He was outstanding centre-back, you know. And I think for Austin, like when he's up the other end of the field, he's inclined to be drift in and drift out of games. You know, he could get 10 minutes out and he could score two or three points, but then you mightn't see him for a while. So... You know, I just think if you were centre back, he'd always have to be involved in the game. He'd always, and he'll still get you your two or three points from there. But again, that's only my own personal thoughts on it. Parik Matney again, huge player for Watford, you know. And I think the thing about Parik was he had to take the freeze and try and score from play and do everything a kind of. But now Bennett has stopped, stepped up to take the freeze. So they actually have two class free takers now. So maybe they'll leave. Bennett on the freeze and they might leave Parik just to, to hurl away there around the half forward centre forward uh, position again last year then we mentioned Stephen Bennett and his younger brother you know and you have Hutchinson in the corner you know Watford have top top players in their forwards you know and they're, they really are a dangerous team and you know I think last year maybe the conditions mightn't have suited those players uh, towards the tail end of the year so you know, this weekend again, hopefully we'll get good weather. And I think, you know, the thing might suit uh, Watford, actually, you know. Uh, they're not, the, I suppose, the most physical of teams. Although if they did hit you, you know, you'd, you'd be hit. But they're a kind of a fast top-of-the-ground team. And, you know, dry conditions and fast conditions would suit this Watford team. Uh, Neen Kyle has them really hurling for them, I suppose. If you contrast them back to two years ago, 
maybe three years ago to what they are now. Like they've come on in leaps and bounds, you know, and Neen Cal has them firing. But it, look, again, it's a big year for Waterford. I suppose they got a long ways in the championship last year and probably no one saw it coming. But, you know, teams will be waiting for them and preparing for them this year, you know. So uh, certainly have the players to do so. Jamie Barron, all these lads, you know, good to carry the ball. Caelan Lyons come up the field, score two or three points a game, you know. So look, to have the players and to have the method of playing, uh, you know, it's whether they can jump the final ditch now. That's the big thing for Watford. But I suppose if you put yourself in the position often enough, eventually you'll, you'll climb the, you'll, you'll, you'll jump the ditch. Going back to Cork, I think Cork are struggling to find a number three and a number six. And I think, you know, they're just going to have to settle on someone, put them in there and let them make the mistakes because... Over the last few years, Cork have tried Mark Ellis, different fellas like that, you know, put them in, you might get one good game, might have a bad game the next day, then they're suddenly gone and someone else is thrown in. Same thing happens for them. So, look at everyone went try to go through it when, you're, when you come on the team. You know, you let you in there and let you make your mistakes. But, you know, eventually, I suppose, you settle into the thing and you, you learn how to play it and you learn when to go and not to go and all the things that you do playing those positions. But I think Cork need to just decide, right, you're my fullback. You're standing there for the year, no matter what's going on. Because, look, there will be games where you're going to be under pressure and maybe, you know, it might not even be your fault on a, on a day. Like, things will be happening out the field and the backs up the far end might be getting loads of time in the ball to put in a ball in front of you or the forward. And you could have two lads on the forward in that case and, and he'd destroy you, you know. So... I think they have to just settle on, on two lads for those positions, put them in it, and no matter what happens, whether they have a stormer or whether they're cleaned out, put them back in it the next day and let them go at it because it's the only way they're going to learn, number one, and it's the only way they're going to settle on on having someone there in, in those key positions because realistically, in the way Hurland has gone now at the moment, you know, full-back and centre-back are, are you know, they're two real key positions on the field, but I think Cork needs to settle on that. I think Patrick Collins in goal... You know, he played a few matches over the last couple of years in, in, in the league, you know, and he's puck out and he's shot stopping are outstanding, you know. So, you know, I'd have no worries there. So, look at it. I'd put in someone in full back, leave him there because the man behind him is is is, is very good anyway. So, you know, if a lad gets in one-on-one -on -one with him, you know, he'll have a fair chance of stopping it. So, look at it. It's all to play for Sunday. It's going to be a cracking game. And I think it's, it's actually... Up there with Limerick and Tip as, as the two best games and the two ones to look forward to the most. And down in where have we got it? It's in Parky Cueve, you know. The pitch is absolutely savage in there at last, you know. The last couple of years it wasn't suiting anyone. So definitely it'll be flying around in there. And even if there's torrential rain on, on Saturday, it won't make a difference to that pitch. So I'd say we're going to have a, a, a massive game down there. But um, who do I fancy to win? I think Watford have a Fair enough record against Cork at the moment, so I give a hesitant nod to Cork, but or to, to Watford, I should say. But you know, I think it's going to be the, the closest match of the weekend, to be honest. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting one, and to look forward to. Then just in two a Kerry play down in Austin Stack Park at one pm on Sunday. Um, Mead play Offaly at two o'clock uh, in Navin, and then Carlo play Wicklow um, in Netwatch uh, Cullen Park at two o'clock, and two B Donegal play Roscommon in Letterkenny at two o'clock, and Mayo play Derry in McHale Park in Castleberry. But um, that's all on uh, round one of the preview show for the Alliance Hurling Leagues. And um, thanks a million for your time, lads.